0: Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter at WhitRiverside. Right, you might remember that Christine and Rosie's group, is that right? did um, a meal for Friends International. Do you remember they had international students and they came and shared? Well, following on from that, we've invited Biber to come up, who is the, uh, well, she's the leader of Friends International in Canterbury. So, Biber's going to introduce herself and chat to you a little bit about how we could maybe get involved and tell you a little bit about Friends International. So, let's give Biber a big, warm welcome.
1: Thank you. Um, so, as you know, my name is Biber. Uh, It doesn't mean anything, Google says it's cheerful, but I I come from Latvia originally and the first uh, place where I came to in England was Birmingham in fact, so I was an international student (laughs) in Birmingham and I love Birmingham, uh, it was where I met my husband in Brazilian church, but he's British, so God knows, (laughs) he has his ways. But um, first I wanted to start my uh, little presentation with a picture um, and with the story, if we could have that up, yeah, that would be good. By the tallest student in that um, picture, if you can have it back. I think it's trying to do it himself. And the presentation is, yeah. But if you, if you can see, see that guy who is the tallest, let's call him Mark. He's from China. Imagine Mark sitting on a beach in Whitstable. And he's throwing pebbles there. It actually happened. Four years ago, he was sitting there and he was quite sad. He was depressed. His life was not going where he wanted it to go. He had come to Canterbury to study in University of Kent and uh, to study finance. His parents wanted him to do really well so that he can go and do big things back in China. But he experienced cultural shock he couldn 't do so well with studies it's a, in a second language he couldn 't find friends so easily. He was angry he was angry at the world at his parents at himself. The anger came out at other people and he let let me to share this with you um, and he got into trouble with university. He had to go to a mental health group um to uh, have anger management now in the building where he was going to it was just opposite the church where we in canterbury were doing the outreach every year in a summer for two weeks we we gather young people from everywhere to reach out to international students to come here and mark received a flyer from us he never heard of us he came along he enjoyed the hospitality, the food, the cakes, the social, and the lovely Christians he met. He, he'd never met anyone like that. He came along to her optional Bible study in simple English. He'd never opened the Bible before. Slowly, Mark became a serious seeker. He came along to church. And then... He was wondering what is these people are different, so different from the others at the university and then he read something in the Bible about loving the enemy, and that really struck his heart and he said, "I want to give my life to jesus and that picture that's uh, that's taken that was a year later he got baptized, and he also took part in our summer outreach annually. And he shared his story with tears in his eyes, saying thank you for reaching out to me when it was most needed. Now Mark is back to China, and he's reaching out to other international students and, and people of his own country, secured, taking part in the church and growing in faith and sharing it with family. Now Friends International, Strap Line, you can see it's like very, very small letters, is transforming students, transforming nations. And that's what we seek to do. We hope and we, we want to provide opportunity for every international student to meet local Christian here. That's our dream. That's our vision. It's big, because in Canterbury alone, there's 5,000 international students. And we can't do it alone. In the whole UK, is more than 500,000 international students. That's big. The world is coming to us. We don't have to go anywhere. Don't need to learn a language. Don't need to have jabs. Don't need to spend a lot of money or even learn a language. Why do we do it? It's because the Lord said so. For the Lord your God loves the foreigner residing among you. And you are to love those who are foreigners. So we do it because it is for the glory of God. Because he delights in us when we love those he loves. Loves, and it is also for international students' sake. Many of them will never hear of the gospel in their own country. Places like China, um, Vietnam, Japan, other Muslim countries. Actually, it's very difficult to, to, to tell about the gospel there. You can get persecuted and get into prison or worse. But when they come here, well, we can share very freely, and there are those from Japan, for example. We have lots of Japanese in Canterbury. And thirdly, it is for our sake. You know why? Because when we share with international students, it expands our borders. We learn so much about other cultures, and we, we're just gaining so much from them. So how do we do it? The next slide. We love and equip local churches to do that. To, um, we, we chat with the churches and uh, try and find a way that works for them, how they can reach out to international students. You might think Canterbury is a bit far away. Well, actually it's not. International students love coming here. And so in the pictures there, you can see that different churches have done different ministries and we helped them to set up. Some of them have done volleyball. Some of them have done um, international Bible study in simple English. And there was even a picture about, uh, of, of you guys, uh, of your house group, um, hosting international students. So how can you participate in this? Firstly, of course, in the next slide, you can pray. Um, then you can adopt a student or become a friend family to a student, host them for a meal, and hopefully it develops into friendship. Thirdly, you can partner by organizing different outreach events, one-off things, afternoon teas or more. You can give financially. You can provide BNB for international students through language schools. That is also something that international students love. You, you would get paid for doing that, actually, as well. But you would have an opportunity to invest into international students for two weeks, month, three months, however long. And if you're interested in any of these things, um, chat to me afterwards. I will have a bookstall at the back. And I want to leave you with last thing, with the last challenge. The world is here. Is your hearts and doors are they open? Thank
0: you, Biba. It's very challenging. Sorry it was Christine and Peggy's group who did that meal and they were a little picture. Um there's lots of ways we can get involved, but a very simple way I think we can do, obviously, we can pray, but become a friend, family, host a student for a meal. That is something that I think um, they really would like people to sign up. That's a very easy, practical way. And it wouldn't be all the time, it could be every few weeks that you have them, but just having that connection with a Christian, you don't have to have a family, it can just be you on your own, but it's just, you know, just having that availability to host them for a meal and to be able to chat about their life and be interested in them. So that's a very simple way that we could get involved as a church apart from praying. But obviously there's other things. So go and chat to Biba and Sue will be with her and learn more about uh, Friends International. Right, thank you. 316, you lovely youth, would you follow Becky and Martin out? Have a great time. Thank you very much. <laughs> you might want to collect some who are in crunch, Becky. I think um, Anna's in crunch. Great. Right, and so now we're going to welcome Julian. Give Julian a great big hand. Thank you, Julian. I just pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Julian, all the work he's prepared for today's word, Lord. I just pray that you bless him and fill him right now with your presence. Lord, whatever you want to say through him, Lord, I pray that he'd be open to that, Lord, whatever it is, and that we would be open to receive it, God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.
2: Right. Am I on? You are. I might, you can hear me. Oh, that's good. That's good. Very good morning to you all. Morning. Well, we're on number seven on Simply Jesus. This is our penultimate preach. Um, and today we are considering the issue of ministry and the power of the Holy Spirit. Hooray. Hooray. <laughs> Now, about uh, three years ago, um, I did a a kind of a monthly Bible school thing for a couple of years and uh, went uh, to Faversham uh, for a training day. And a couple of guys there were speaking in the Saturday morning and it was fantastic stuff. The only problem was I was in a tremendous amount of pain and I was bleeding from somewhere where you shouldn't really bleed. And hearing the word and it was fantastic, but I couldn't, I just couldn't. I just couldn't get it. And by coffee time, um, I went and sat in the car and it took me about an hour to gather the strength. And I'm quite a strong guy, but it took me about an hour to gather the strength to know that I could drive home safely. And I believe that when we come to hear the word of God on a Sunday or whatever, if we have pain, if we have discomfort, then we can be distracted. And it means that we can't really receive what God has got for us. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, 4, he says, my message was not with persuasive words. I didn't come trying to be clever, but I came in a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of God. And I believe this morning that Jesus wants to heal people. I believe this morning that Jesus wants people to recover and to get better. So before I start, and I know it's been a long morning, so just bear with me. But before I start, if you are in any kind of pain, discomfort, headaches, ears, eye problems, feeling completely bleh, would you like to stand and we're going to ask Jesus to move amongst us. I won't embarrass you, pull you out or anything like that, but if you'd like to stand, let's pray. Please stand. Thank you. Lord Jesus, headaches, ear infections, weariness, nearly said weirdness, then I could stand up. I'm going to simply pray you might just want to present your hands if you're comfortable and you're able to present your hands to Jesus maybe just whisper under your breath this prayer Lord Jesus I open myself up to you now Lord Jesus I ask would you come and heal me Now, if you're standing, just receive. If you're sitting, join me in praying. Father, I take authority over the work of the enemy in this place. I take authority over distracting spirits. I take authority over confusing spirits. Father, I speak health and life and well-being and recovery to my brothers and sisters now in the powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is Lord. Receive the Spirit in Jesus' name. Now, if you're sitting in your part of this church, just reach your hand out. Don't necessarily touch people because that might make them uncomfortable. Just reach out and just pray a blessing on the people who are standing around you. Lord, we speak health, life, clarity of mind, Lord. In Jesus' name. Jesus, would you walk amongst us by your spirit right now? Spirit. If you'd like to sit down and just keep receiving just stay in that place with Jesus and join us when you're ready okay this will be on the download so if you miss it you can pick it up just continue to receive from Jesus because we look at the ministry of the power of the Holy Spirit it's all about one person isn't it it's all about Jesus everything is all about Jesus The theologian Wayne Grunham defines the Holy Spirit as follows. How can you define the Holy Spirit? But this is about the best attempt I've found. He says, the work of the Holy Spirit is manifest, is the manifest active presence of God in the world, and especially the church. (laughs) I'll say that again. The work of the Holy Spirit is to manifest the active presence of God in the world, and especially the church. Would we like Jesus to manifest himself amongst us this morning? Would we? Because as Simon said, he always pushes us a bit further, doesn't he? He always pushes us a bit further. Personally, don't tell him, but I wish he didn't. (laughs) Because it makes us uncomfortable, it makes us vulnerable, but that's how Jesus wants us, because then he can mould us. The Holy Spirit, he's the third person of the Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And last time we had the baptism service here and we heard some wonderful testimonies. And if you have an ordinary testimony, don't be condemned, that's fine. But we heard some wonderful testimonies and we heard that Jesus was baptised and then, um, completely lost my track, we heard how Jesus was baptised in water and then full of the Holy Spirit went into the wilderness. So if you'd like to turn to Luke chapter 3, that's near the back of your Bible. We'll see how we go. We might have to chop things around a little bit. So just picking up from where Simon was, if you missed Simon, then please listen to the download. Because he also talks about how not to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit with the sons of Sceva. And he carried, he carried that covered that last time. Put my teeth in. So let's read Luke chapter 3, verse 21, 22. Now when all the people were baptised, and when Jesus also had been baptised, and was praying, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. Had Jesus done anything up until this point? Had he healed anyone? We're not told from the word. But do you know when Jesus loves you, he loves you for who you are, not for what you do? If you come from a driven background like me, you feel you have to earn God's love. You have to earn his care. But he loves us. He loves you this morning. And the Father loved Jesus, even though he'd done nothing up to this point, because they were in relationship. And underlying all I want to say this morning, we can have the bells and whistles and raising the dead through Jesus Christ the Son, through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's about a relationship. I just urge you to get lost in this book, The Bible. It's really good. It's really good. The great writer Spurgeon, theologian, he said that God's hand is liberally open liberally open and ready to supply your need of him. It is God who stirs the desire within you and it is only he who can satisfy you. He will abundantly satisfy us if we seek him with all our heart. He will. As one of the old saints used to say, Lord God, create more space within and then fill it with you. Lord, would you do that? Fill, fill us with more of you. So let's move on to Luke chapter 4, verse 1. We're going to have a very, very brief look at the temptation because we have to look at the context of the power, Jesus ministering in the power of the Holy Spirit. So we move on to Luke 4, starting at verse 1. "'And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, "'was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for forty days,' Being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, To you, I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. The devil took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you and on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered and said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. So Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit and this very same spirit led him into the wilderness. Now, could spend hours on the temptations. Um, that's been covered here, and probably we'll cover it another time as, as well. But in a nutshell, we are in a battle. We really are in a battle. But here's the good news. Jesus has already won the victory. Deafened by the arm <laughs> The day I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I know I've talked about it before i had 12 unspeakably wonderful hours long time ago the next day i literally had the migraine from hell um i was so sick i felt so ill and uh, it took a lot of people to pray a lot for me to get better and today you may feel encu- um, encouraged or hopefully stirred by god uh, to move on with him maybe you've had a prophetic word recently those things can be contested. So briefly, just one or two little things to look at with the temptations. Initially, Jesus heard his own voice, I'm hungry. Now, how many of us have had that prophetic word recently? I'm hungry. Uh, But it was okay to be hungry. He hadn't done anything wrong. He was just hungry. But how he dealt with that hunger, that was the essential issue. There's a lot of the things in this world which are good, but it's how we use them and deal with them and how we manage them that shows what's in our heart. See, the devil's voice came to cause doubt, distraction and disobedience. That's what he does. And often, if you have an encounter with Jesus, not every time, but you can then hear the voice of the enemy whispering to you, Doubt, destruction, or even tempting you to be downright disobedient. When are we vulnerable? When we're tired? Yeah? When we're isolated? And when we're looking for comfort? And yet the Bible says the Holy Spirit is the comforter. He is the comforter. Also, God puts us in a body. We are not alone we are not alone there's one or two things that were were troubling me last night and I thought oh I could just text Simon and Keeley but they'll probably think I'm really stupid that I can't deal with it and oh I shouldn't really be doing that and oh I'll look really silly if I've got oh I don't know but it's just the lies of the enemy share be open don't be isolated God loves to put us there and say I love you I love you but also the devil loves to tuck us there and say you're rubbish you're useless nobody loves you The Holy Spirit is our comforter. Do not be alone. That's why God has put us in a body. And that's why independent Christians are so dangerous to the body. (laughs) So Jesus uses the Bible. He uses the word of God to overcome the enemy. And that's what we do. We use the word of God to overcome the lies. We can meditate on this book We can take verses, we can chew them over in our mind, even during our busy days. So carrying on. So we saw in verse 1, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. Now look at verse 14, and it says that Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And the report about him went throughout all the surrounding country, verse 15. And he taught in their synagogues and was glorified by all. Then he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to sit at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, he gave it back to the attendant and it sat down. And the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him. You bet they were. And Jesus began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and marvelled at his gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? Then Jesus said to them, he throws the grenade in, here we go. Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did in Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. Jesus said, truly I say to you, a prophet is acceptable, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. But in truth I tell you there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heavens were shut up for three years and six months and a great famine came over the land. And Elijah was sent to none of them, only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. And there were many widows in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha but none of them were cleansed, only Naum the Syrian. When they heard this, All the synagogue, all, all the synagogue were filled with rage. They rose up and they drove him out of the town. They brought him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built so they could throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went on his way. So Jesus has his encounter with the enemy. And he comes out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. But what does the power of the Spirit look like? Well, here's a few pointers. Jesus was known throughout the region, even though he hadn't done anything. God was with him, so what did he do? He went home. Sometimes, folks, when you meet with God, it's a good thing to go home. People can see a difference. Verse 18, it says that Jesus desired to read the scripture and to be with God's people. In verse 21, Jesus has insights from the scripture which carry authority. And he proclaimed that it was God's word for today. It's a brave thing to do. Verse 22, he heard them speak well of him. Verse 23, Jesus antagonizes them with the truth that they don't want to hear. Again, Simon touched it this morning. Jesus always wants to push us a bit further, and he does that by putting his finger on the very thing we don't want, the anger that you're struggling with, the frustration, your husband, this, that, alcohol, whatever. Jesus will put his finger right on it, and we go, oh, no, Lord. We'll hide behind our spirituality. Well, I will anyway. We're past masters, aren't we, of hiding? But Jesus somehow manages to put his finger right on the bit that hurts. Not to expose, but to heal and restore. Hallelujah. (laughs) So Jesus managed to turn an approving crowd into an angry mob. Now, the challenge for me this morning is how do I change this approving crowd into an angry mob. (laughs) See Simon Keely panicking now. No, they don't. They trust me. (gasps) But Jesus, sometimes he offends our hearts. You know, he offends us. Sometimes we have to hear it. We get offended because Jesus is messing up our world. You know, when you're stuck behind that car, when the person won't let you out. You know the everyday things? You're in the wrong queue at at Tesco's and you get a bit... uh, Jesus does Jesus does that to us. <laughs> Jesus does that to us. Why? Because he wants to reveal our heart because he wants to deal with it. He wants to bring the stuff to the surface so it could be scooped off. We have to make a decision as to whether we're going to let him do it. He knows what buttons to press. Often I've heard Simon say up here, Jesus loves to mess with your head. And I thought, well, I don't know where that is in the Bible. And then I looked, and it's every page, isn't it? I want a nice, quiet life, Lord. So, ministry in the power of the Spirit. It isn't, maybe as some of us were taught, about seeing amazing signs and wonders, and let's get everyone up the front and see how many fall over. It's not about that. It's about following the Holy Spirit in the simple things, it's about dealing with the demonic. It's about having a relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and our Father. Let's get on to the good stuff. Luke 4, 31. So Jesus has nearly been pushed off a cliff and he's managed to evade 100, 200 people trying to push him off a cliff. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Might preach on that one Monday. Do you want to push Jesus off a cliff? That would be a good title for a preach. Verse 31. Verse 31. And Jesus came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. He just can't stop, can he? <laughs> and they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. There's that word again. And in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out in a loud voice, saying, huh, What have you got to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him saying, be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, in their midst he came out of him, having done the man no harm. And they were amazed. And, and, and they said to one another, what is this word? For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. And reports about him went into every region Do you know that demons come to church? Looking at Simon, hoping I get a nod. <laughs> they do. I remember our pastor once, we had, a, about 30 years ago, Sky went completely whatever, dived down the front, jumped on the stage, it was a lady actually, and smacked, smacked him in the mouth. And um, he gave the rest of his words of knowledge with blood streaming down his face, which looked pretty cool actually. Although, to be honest, I was really scared as they chased this woman under a chair. But maybe I don't encounter some demons because maybe there's not enough authority. (laughs) I don't know. It's a question Question for your small groups, I thought. That way Martin and Debs can tell us what the answer is and I don't have to worry about it. (laughs) But isn't it interesting? I don't like the demonic stuff. I'm not into all of that. But is it interesting that Jesus deals with it and suddenly everybody knows Suddenly there's growth, suddenly it's all kicking off. It's a thought. Unchallenged by it. But Jesus Christ is Lord and He is the ultimate power. He has already won the victory. So the ministry of the power of the Spirit is about authority received from God and through an ongoing relationship with our Father God. And I really again, I know I was bang on about it, want to commend the Freedom in Christ course, which hopefully we're going to run again. In the spring, we're doing one at the minute, which is great fun. And it covers who we are in Christ. It's just so key to know who we are in Christ and the authority that Jesus has won for us. And Neil Anderson, who who kind of oversees the whole thing, he does a little devotional each day. And this is something he said recently. He said, Getting rid of your old self was God's responsibility posh words now but rendering your flesh and its deeds inoperative is our responsibility so jesus has dealt with our sin at the cross done my choice whether to swill a bottle of vodka take a line of cocaine or whatever is fun these days i don't know that's my choice i have a choice i think we know actually (laughs) sounds horrible But we have a choice, and we can live by the power of the Holy Spirit saying, Father, help me to resist this temptation. And that's where being part of one another and being able to be accountable and being vulnerable to share with one another can be a great comfort and a great help to us. But it is our responsibility. We have a responsibility to live in in this new way that God has given us, but it is by his grace. You just want to turn briefly back to Isaiah chapter 11. That's sort of just beyond the middle of your Bible. Now, when I was preparing, I got quite excited about a couple of the verses here because it talks about, um, it's a prophetic word, really, about Jesus and the Holy Spirit working through Jesus. And I, I felt very keen to pray it over folk in this church, uh, to pray that the spirit of the Lord would rest upon you, that the spirit of wisdom and understanding would rest upon us, that the spirit of counsel and God's knowledge and the fear of the Lord would come upon us. But I kind of felt a bit of a check from the Lord as I was just going through this again last night. So I want to commend Isaiah 11, 2, 3, and 5 to you. But I had a sense the Lord wanted to remind us that we were in a battle, because in verse 5, it talks about righteousness and faithfulness being a belt around us. And I realised that for the last three weeks, I've put on the armour every day. Some people put on the armour every day, yeah. Um, I've never been very good at it, it kind of goes in fits and starts. And if you don't know what that means, in Ephesians chapter 6... Paul is talking about the armour of God and how we deal with the enemy and so forth. And um, in fact, the chap, when we went, uh, I think Heather was there in August, he spoke about the armour of God. Really spoke to me. And yes, let's be filled with the Spirit, and we will pray for folk for that, but also we need to equip ourselves and put on what God has already provided for us. So when we have the evil day, it says, stand in the evil day, having done all stand. It doesn't say, try standing in the evil day and text Simon to help you. It doesn't say that. We have to take responsibility. And, and the armor's great, because you start with this belt and it's picked up here in Isa, but it's a belt of truth, and apparently the belt, everything else kind of hangs off that, clips into that. I haven't, normally, you get the picture up now and point to the bits and go, there you go, but I haven't got any of that. But the belt, the centre, so what I say is, Father, this is your truth, this is the word, your word is truth. I put that around me now. I put on the breastplate of righteousness because it's your righteousness, Lord Jesus. You won it for me at the cross. There's nothing good in me. I'm lost and broken. But Jesus, your, your righteousness, I protect myself with that. My feet, I always twiddle my toes, are prepared with the gospel of the good news of Jesus. How beautiful are the feet of him who brings good... You want to see my beautiful feet? No? I'm currently using lososil for a toe... So if you want to see that, clippings available. Uh, no, yes. Yeah, so if I said, would you like a clip? <laughs> oh dear, that's me off for the next week. <laughs> so, but we have our feet ready with the gospel. Then my favourite, the, sh- the helmet of salvation. Keep your hand down if your head doesn't do you in. Yeah, you see, 100%. It lies to us, it tricks us, it deceives us. Our mind is so powerful, isn't it? And yet the helmet of salvation, Lord, here's the truth. It's your salvation. It's you, Jesus. I'm covered with you, your protection. You care for me. You guard my heart and you guard my mind. The shield of faith with which we extinguish all the fiery darts. The preacher normally at that point goes some and everyone shouts out all, but can't be doing with that. The fiery darts, all the fiery darts. Why? Because there are fiery darts. No, only the leaders get fiery darts, no, we all do. The shield, what does the shield do? The shield locks in with one another. That's why we need to be with one another. And finally, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. The sword, the word, our offensive weapon. This word, the word of God, it cuts, doesn't it? Between soul and spirit, joint and marrow, able to discern the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. God's word goes right into us. So rather than praying all that stuff, maybe encourage you to go back to the armour. <laughs> but do have a look at Isaiah. I'm aware of time, so look at what Jesus speaks from. He speaks from Isaiah 61. It wasn't called that in those days, but it is Isaiah 61. We have a responsibility to use the gifting that God gives us. If you're prayed for today, which I hope you will be, and you receive something from God, it's your responsibility to receive that and to hold it and then to feed that with the word of God by encouraging brothers and sisters to come alongside you and to help you. Because it says that he has anointed you. We haven't just received an airy-fairy anointing from our spirit guide animal which is a deceiving spirit, by the way. So if you've ever prayed for a spirit animal, that's a deceiving spirit. That needs to be dealt with in Jesus' name. Get rid of it. You don't need to be led by a cat or a monkey. You need to be led by the Spirit of God. Just a little one for you. (laughs) But he has anointed us with the Holy Spirit. So just the final verses in Luke well they're not the final verses but they are for this bit it says in Luke 38 Luke 4 38 Jesus arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house oh now we're getting there now Simon's mother-in-law was ill how are you feeling Joan you are <laughs> right. <laughs> yes she's well you see it's the word in action she's one lovely lady She had a high fever and they appealed to Jesus on her behalf and he stood over her, rebuked the fever and it left her and immediately she rose and began to serve. Now it gets lovely. This is when I wish it was an evening meeting now. This is now when the sun was setting, all those who were sick, had various diseases, were brought to Jesus. They were brought to Jesus. Jesus. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Demons also came out crying, you're the son of God. But he rebuked them and he would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ. It's funny how the demons recognised Jesus. It took me years. Interesting, isn't it? Because we live in this Western culture where everything's so analytical. Again, freedom in Christ covers that extremely well. But notice here, Jesus had performed signs and wonders, but then he moved on. He went to the next place that the Holy Spirit was leading him to pray for others. If you find God uses you in a certain way, rejoice and be used. But it doesn't mean to say that you've got to build an altar there and stay there forever. Maybe you've been fantastic at reaching out to people in this area. Maybe God's calling you to do something different as well. Jesus always leads us on because he doesn't like our security to be in what we have achieved. Our security is only in him. He is our only security. So just some thoughts. I've done some more notes, which you can get through small group with some other scriptures and things to look at. But here's a few pointers for ministering. In the power of the Holy Spirit. Firstly, it's all modelled on Jesus. It is all about Jesus. Be baptised. Be baptised in the Holy Spirit. Get one of these, or if you've got one on your phone, have it on without Facebook. Just have the Word of God. Do not be fooled by the praise of men. I am now very vulnerable Simon and Keely will understand this. When you speak, people come up and go, oh, that was really great, thank you, that really helped me. Which is not, thank you, that's great. The most important thing is, go back to Jesus and thank him. Receive what Jesus has said to you. Develop your relationship with the Holy Spirit, because in 40 years' time, I won't be here, but Jesus will be. Put your faith alone in Jesus. Yeah, honour people that preach the word. That's important, but it's about Jesus. Be true to what God says to you. Deal with the demonic in the authority of Jesus. Rebuke sickness. Lay your hands on the sick. Rejoice with those that are healed, and let's continue to care for those who aren't. And in verse 42, it says about Jesus going away. We can see throughout the scriptures that Jesus would often go away and just spend some time with his father, just recalibrating and getting himself back before God. Now, last Sunday, um, I was very, very good. I was doing my notes as Simon was speaking. And Simon said this. He said, God is refining us to use us for amazing things. Then my pen ran out. Which means the last thing I've got written in my notes is, and the rest of it was pretty good. And I was trying to scratch it to make so I could put pencil over it later. I mean, do, I mean, do we actually really believe that? Do we actually believe that? Is God refining us? What happens when you're refined? He turns up the heat. He turns up the heat, and it's all uncomfortable. It says silver is refined in the in the furnace seven times. The word of the Lord is pure. It's just like the heat's up. Oh, no, Lord. What happens when I'm on under pressure? What's inside me comes up. Goodness, if I drove like that. I. It comes up. God turns up the heat, and it comes to the surface. But when it comes to the surface, don't beat yourself up. Simply say, Jesus, scoop it off. Lord, just scoop it off. I am done with it. Wouldn't it be wonderful, brothers and sisters, friends, if we could just believe God and take him at his word wouldn't it be wonderful if we could move in the anointing of the Holy Spirit in, even though we're different personalities different styles, different manners God has got something very special for you now when you go to preaching school they always tell you never start with a joke <coughs> Mr. Walters, never start with a joke <laughs> so I'm going to end with a joke what is the Spirit-filled Christian's favourite Charles Dickens book? You are allowed to shout out in church. I won't think you're a demon, don't worry. What is Charles Dickens... Well, come on, give me some Charles Dickens books. Great Expectations. That, that's the answer, yeah, that's right. Thank you, Steve, I'm glad i still awake. But sim- simply... Ordinary people like me, do we have great expectations? We've been shown the hype of all this church stuff over the years. Great expectations that Jesus wants to use you. You know, he, you can literally say, Jesus, you want to use me. And that comes through our relationship with him. And As we were praying earlier, Mel had a picture, um, extremely helpful. She saw a picture of an old canal... Can you see it in your mind's eye? An old canal. You can in Birmingham. More canals than Venice. There you are, see? See, of course I went to university there. (laughs)
0: Um,
2: An old canal. Shopping trolleys, rubbish, dead cat. Yeah, horrible. Can you see it in your mind's eye? Now imagine, you know, the workmen and ladies coming along, taking all that rubbish out. They open the sluice gates and in comes the fresh water. Mel shared that this morning, and that's what Jesus wants to do. I had to make a decision a number of times that I was going to just say, Lord, get rid of the rubbish, please. I cannot do it. I love controlling things, trying to put things in their boxes. But I've learned over the last 18 months, especially, you just can't do it. We work to God's agenda. If God is putting his finger on that very, very one area that you don't want him to put his finger on, can I encourage you to get alongside one of the leadership team to pray, just to share with them and say, this is what Jesus is putting his finger on. Will you pray with me? And can we walk through this together? Shall we stand? Thank you for
0: listening.